0: Well, welcome to our online audience. Let's just clap them in like Pastor Ricky Jr. likes to say. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, Yeah, just um, we were just talking about how God orchestrates uh, things for his children in such a beautiful way, and I was having a conversation this morning with uh, Brother Tyler and, and Tish and how you know, the Lord, uh, the Lord likes to uh, be the one to orchestrate things in our lives. He makes things happen for his children. Amen. And when we need encouragement or we need a word or we need reassurance or we need confirmation, whatever it is that we need, because the Bible does say that he supplies all our needs, right? According to his riches and glory. And that's, you know, that is uh, speaking in context about money because Paul is talking about that in the in the verses before that, but that's also any need that we have, whether that be emotionally, spiritually, whatever case it is. I wish I had a little table here where I could put this. I'll put it over here. Actually, that's a big table. And, and I love that about God because... Sometimes when those things happen, we miss them. That's what we were saying. So we need to have eyes wide open all the time because God wants to speak to us. And he can do that in just a plain conversation that we're having with someone, whether it be a random conversation, someone we just met, or a family member, whatever that may be, and they might say something that is, it is exactly what you need to hear for you to know that God heard your heart, or God heard your prayer, or God heard your cry, or God heard your wants, your desire, whatever that was, and all of a sudden you heard it from a random person. A random conversation. That happened to me, as a matter of fact, yesterday at the open house of Heartbeat of Miami in a conversation that I was having with one of the employees. And as Tish and I were talking uh, this morning, it happened to them as well recently. And so uh, this has nothing to do with the message this morning. Amen? But I think someone needs to hear it. So maybe I'm the vessel for you this morning to have eyes wide open because God wants to speak to his children, and that's daily, not just every so often. And it's through his word, obviously, but there are so many other things, so many other aspects that we have to have our eyes, our spirit, man, discernment. No, this is God speaking. It could be through a pagan. It could be through anybody. It could be through anything. Amen? So take that and run with it this morning. If that's your portion for today, hallelujah. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, I get to close out our series all in this month, and I'm super excited about that. Have you all enjoyed these, uh, this series, this, these messages? Amen. To God be the glory. I was having <clears throat> another conversation with someone recently, and I, I was telling them how... Gosh, I, I can't remember who it was. We've been here now for the last couple of weeks and I can't remember. But my goodness, you know how at the end of the year, Pastor and I always do uh, a recap of the series uh, for the year. And we, we kind of look back and discuss a little bit about the series. It, without fail, without fail, God, speaking about God, speaking to us. God has spoken to us throughout all these series. This one is no different. All in, all in. So I want you really quickly to get to some verses here this morning. So if you've got your Bible with you or your phone Bible, whatever it is that you might use, go ahead and turn to the book of Matthew and let's go to chapter number 26. We're going to go through the Gospels this morning. Okay, so um, yeah, I sent the scriptures to our media team, and I'm sure that they were probably like, oh, that's a lot of scripture. It's not, bear with me, okay? Come on now, relax. And besides, some of you are probably getting your your boost of verses today, okay? Because maybe you had a busy week. So Matthew chapter 26, let's go to verse 6. Are you there? Shout out to me. I'm going to read from the ESV version, and it says the following. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment. And she poured it on the head, on his head as he reclined at table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. Verse 11 For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Verse 13, truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Isn't that astounding? Now go over to Mark, the book of Mark, chapter number 14. Shout out to me when you're there. Let's go to verse number three. And it says, And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure Hernard, very costly. And she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor and they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Verse seven says, for you always have the poor with you and whenever you want, you can do good for them but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body before, beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Same story. Two gospels. Now go to John. Chapter 12. Are you liking going through the gospels this morning? John chapter 12. Are you there? Look at verse one, I'm sorry, verse 12. I think I might, oh, verse 12. I think I might have gotten that wrong, typographical. Okay, it says, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there, Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Now, lastly, go to Luke chapter number 7. And forgive me with the verses, the number of the verses there before. Chapter number 7 of the book of Luke. Let's go to verse 36, Luke 7, 36. And it says, One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And when he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table, and behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner... When she learned that Jesus was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Verse 39 says, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Verse 40 says, and Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. Teacher. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table, at table with him, began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Lastly, verse 50 says, and he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I've entitled today's message from our series, All In, It's Never a Waste. It's Never a Waste. Let's just bow our heads for just a moment and pray. Father, your word is truly beautiful, amazing. We can learn so much by these pages, Father, and we thank you for the ability to learn and glean from them. I thank you that you speak to us through your precious word. I thank you, Father, that you have reserved a portion for your people today, whether they are here live, whether they're listening online, or will listen in the next few days, weeks, and months to come. It still is your portion for each of your children. And we thank you for this, Father. We don't take it for granted. We thank you for it. And now, Lord, I pray that people's hearts and minds would open, that the seed of your word would fall on good soil and produce much fruit. Use me, Lord, this vessel. I empty myself out for you, Father, that you may dwell in me, fill me, and use me for your honor and your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Wow, some beautiful stories, amen? Some may view the different stories that revolve around the ones we just read as being contradictory. How many of you have heard about that? And it can be a little bit confusing as to, well, who is this woman that is not named? Or this was Mary, and this one sounds familiar, and that one sounds familiar. But as we just read, there were several accounts of Jesus being anointed, and I find it interesting that they were women, right? Now there's some debate as to the accounts in Matthew, Mark, and John being the same event. And we're not gonna be getting into the debate today because the purpose of today's message is not about that. But I wanna just show you a little bit of how chronologically speaking, the following that I'm gonna share with you very quickly is how some scholars believe that these stories may have taken place. So it wasn't necessarily the way that we read it this morning, chronologically speaking. For example, first in Luke 7, 36 through 50, in that account, Jesus there is at the house of Simon the Pharisee. And the woman in this story is referred to a sinner, meaning an immoral person, an immoral woman in the nature of its context. Here, the woman is very emotional as she begins to cry and she breaks the flask and she wipes Jesus' feet with her hair and she anoints Jesus' feet. In this account in particular, we have no mention of Jesus' head being anointed. And none of the disciples object in this case, but it's Simon the Pharisee who thinks to himself that if Jesus was a prophet, he would know that the woman was a sinner. And then we see how Jesus basically schools Simon by relating a parable about forgiveness. And don't you love that about Jesus? First of all, he knew what Simon was thinking. Little did Simon know that what what he was thinking was known by Jesus, amen. So that's an interesting an interesting uh, connotation there that's given to the story. And then I love how Jesus begins to relate a parable to him. In other words, he's kind of like just <clears throat> let me school you, Simon the Pharisee, for just a moment and explain to you what's taken place here, so that you can understand and I love how Jesus does that. So second, then we have Jesus here is with with Lazarus and his sisters that we know are named Martha and Mary in the John 12, 1 through 8 account. I think I got that one right, right? the address, which could have taken place in the house of Lazarus, although it's not necessarily noted. But this is obviously after the raising of Lazarus. And here it is Martha, I'm sorry, it is Mary, the sister of Lazarus, who anoints Jesus. This account took place a few days before Jesus' triumphal entry and six days before the Passover. In contrast to the other account, there's no mention of her crying. Did you notice that? There's no mention of her crying, only anointing its feet and wiping it with her hair. I can, ha- I can use a prop today because my hair has grown exponentially. I'm debating whether I should cut it or not. But after, after uh, going through my message, I thought maybe I shouldn't and I'll tell you why in just a moment. So Judas here is mentioned as being annoyed because he felt it was a waste of money. And then thirdly, in Matthew 26, 6 through 13, as well as Mark 14, 3 through 9, which are both the same story, we find that Jesus is anointed after the triumphal entry and before the crucifixion. And in this story, they find themselves in the house of Simon the leper, okay, The woman is not named, but it's believed to be Mary, the sister of Lazarus. She breaks the alabaster box and anoints Jesus' head. His feet are not mentioned as being anointed. In the Matthew account, the disciples are upset for the wastes, and Jesus rebukes their shameful attitude and describes that she has anointed him for burial. And then although unnamed in this story, Jesus specifically, I love this, memorizes her for this selfless act. Now what I want to do today is I want to camp on two stories for just the next few moments so that we can glean, I like that word, a little more. Amen. So first the John 12 account where we see Mary the sister of Lazarus anointing the feet of Jesus. I want to I want to unpack that for us a, a little bit today. We know from uh the Bible from the gospels that this family knew Jesus. We don't know how long they knew Jesus, but apparently they were friends, okay? They were friends for a long time and they were close during Jesus's earthly ministry. Mary is introduced as bringing a very expensive gift. And I know that we have all probably sat in a church service or probably heard a message on our phones or iPads or computers on many of occasion on these verses about the anoint, the anointed, anointing Jesus's feet, the flask, the expense of it, and all. But to better appreciate the value of such... A precious token. This spikenard like in some of the um, verses might say some of the translations or ointment which grew most likely in the country of India was an uncommon perfume. It was an uncommon perfume. It was one of the most expensive perfumes that existed during that time it was it was it was known to be extracted from the grasses of India and once the juices were squeezed out they were dried into a hard uh, lard like substance and the process of this was very lengthy and very costly And if you factor in the cost of the transportation uh, of something like this perfume, you can then clearly see and appreciate why it possessed such value. Not very many people actually could afford such an expensive item. And much like today, many had to resort to purchasing a cheap imitation. Louis Vuitton, anybody? Or how about give me another expensive Mm -hmm. Chanel, right? Some of these very expensive items that uh, they're knockoffs because who can afford, you know, thousands of dollars in a purse this big for us women, right? But in this case, many had to resort to the cheap kind, but not in these cases, not in these stories. Now, the wording used in John twelve three gives us a clue that what Mary possessed was the real thing. Something of this worth was typically reserved, listen, to be brought before kings and those of noble positions. So, If that is the case, imagine for a moment the crowd or the invited guests in each of these stories when each of these women bring this very expensive item to Jesus. Imagine their thinking as we saw in the verses, the criticism that took place, but imagine their thought process, when this kind of gift, this kind of treasure, this kind of possession was meant for kings and those of noble positions. This is the exquisite gift that Mary brings to Jesus. Notice that in this account, that Mary uses this this ointment to anoint the feet of Jesus. Again, imagine the shock wave that ensued upon her opening up the jar as she proceeds to pour the perfume on his feet. You see, this was not the kind of ointment that was used to anoint feet, but rather the heads of kings. It's very interesting. Mary, obviously not caring what others thought continues with this act of love, this act of respect, this act of appreciation, of worship, of love as she brings this beautiful item. Mary showed her deep love for Jesus her master, her king. She could have very well had Isaiah 52.7 in mind, which says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. She knew the feet of Jesus were precious. She knew the feet of Jesus were the feet that were bringing the good news. She knew the feet of Jesus, Pastor, that they were precious. Amen. Amen. She knew this verse and she wanted to give him a gift that meant something to her and that she knew Jesus would take notice of that because it meant something to him as well. Mary then wipes Jesus' feet with her hair. And you see, in those days, a woman's hair represented her glory and honor Paul makes mention of this in 1 Corinthians eleven fifteen 15, when he wrote that a woman's hair was a glory to her. Mary showed great humility when she untied her hair. You know how back then the hair was covered or tied almost all the time, and it was only indoors and with their husbands that they were able to untie their hair she showed great humility when she untied her hair and used it to wipe the feet of Jesus. She was demonstrating her deep love and how much she valued him. She possessed an attitude of worship as she gave Jesus the very best gift she had to offer. She gave it all. She gave her very best. It may have been considered a waste to all those that were around her, but Mary, what Mary gave, was the best of the best. And it's never a waste when you give your very best to Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? So then we have... The Luke 736 through50 account, where we find another woman, this time identified as a sinful woman. This word is used to denote an immoral person, considered a scum, unworthy to be touched nor allowed to touch anyone, let alone, someone like Jesus. Listen, for her to interrupt a meal at the house of a Pharisee is incredible in itself. She understood the risk involved. I believe this woman was not ignorant to the fact that she was about to interrupt a meal in the house of a pharisee no less known by everyone to be immoral to be sinful but she didn't care she didn't care what others thought she didn't care about the others stare A woman with her reputation was bound to receive rebuke and criticism and possibly even a violent expulsion from the house where she entered. However, she risks it all. So many were her tears at the feet of Jesus that she again in this story begins to wipe them with her hair as she anoints Jesus. Much like Mary, she used her hair as an act of humility. Her action would have been seen as improper. Yet her courage to honor Jesus is remembered to this day. Isn't that something? This woman knew that Jesus was the answer to her problems. All of her cares, all of her worries, all of her shame and reproach melted away at the sound of Jesus' words. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Did you catch the fact that this woman didn't say, a salvation prayer? Did you catch the fact that Jesus didn't say, okay, now bow your head and close your eyes and repeat after me? Her faith saved her. Her sins were forgiven. Why? Because she gave everything she had to Jesus. She came to honor Jesus. She came to seek that which she needed. And she found it in Jesus. Despite the risk, she gave her best. She gave it all. And boy, did she leave with something big. Something bigger than what she ever could have imagined. Little did she know that she would be hearing those words that day. So there are common, a few common denominators that I wanna share with you in some of these stories. First, number one, we see the costs. Step back into time for just one moment with me again and imagine for a minute each of these women and their own specific story. In your mind's eye, step inside their home and picture how they would have rummaged through their house thinking of how they could have blessed Jesus. I mean, how do you bless someone like Jesus? What do you give? What do you have? What can I take? Finally realizing that the most expensive item on her shelf was maybe that family heirloom or perhaps that most expensive perfume. It may have been a gift or she may have purchased it for herself. Made of pure nard from India or an Arabian root. how exotic. This one particular item worth an entire year of wages, this one, this is the very best that I've got. It's that that she chose. We can't begin to imagine what went through the hearts and minds of these women when they decided to use the costly oil, this costly perfume on Jesus. Each of them came to Jesus to anoint him for a different reason, but the cost was the same. It was expensive. It cost them. Mary, the sister of Lazarus, was grateful that she had her brother back and an act of worship to be sure, but can you imagine you lost your brother your son, your father, your mother, whoever that may have been. And here comes Jesus four days later and resurrects your loved one. I think I'm gonna be pretty grateful, don't you? I think I'm gonna rummage through my house and give everything that I have, everything that I can find to Jesus because I'm gonna be grateful the rest of my life and everything that I possess, everything that I have, anything and everything that I can get my hands on, be that in the physical or be that as myself, give everything, give all of me to Jesus because I am grateful. I'm grateful for his love. I'm grateful for salvation. I'm grateful for eternal life. I'm grateful that he resurrected me, for I was a dead man walking. Can anyone relate? I was nothing, I was bound to go to hell if I didn't repent and come to the feet of Jesus. But one day I did, and I found grace, I found mercy, I found salvation, I found faithfulness, I found love, I found unconditional agape love, and I found everything that I ever needed in Jesus himself. How can I not Give him all. How can I not serve him? How? How? Hallelujah. The sinful woman needed forgiveness and salvation. She too worshiped Jesus. Imagine it for a moment. Nowadays, nowadays we see women giving of themselves all over the streets during that time. Imagine, it was an incredibly shameful thing to be a woman of the world. But she needed salvation. She needed something from this master. She heard he was in town, and she rummaged through her house and said, I've got to give this man something that's of worth because I'm not worth it myself. I'm coming to bring to this man the most expensive, the most valuable thing that I can. I'm going to bring it to him, and I'm going to anoint him because I need him. If you notice, she didn't even say, Jesus, will you forgive me? Jesus, I'm a sinful woman. Jesus, I need you. She didn't say any of that. Her, her words were silent. But the master knew her heart. He knew exactly what she needed. And he gave it. He honored her for her faith. Oh, that's the master that we serve. How many of you have been in the pit before? In whatever capacity that's been, and you came one day to a savior. And he didn't say to you, Jen, you gotta clean your act first before you come to me. He didn't. He allowed us to come filthy rags as we were. And he allowed us to touch him just like this immoral woman touched the feet of Jesus. We've all been immoral. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but he receives us as his own and he lets you touch him. Thank you, Lord. At Simon the leper's house, Jesus was anointed with everything this woman had. On both the Matthew and Mark account, Jesus says she has done a Beautiful thing to me. What was called a waste by others, Jesus called a beautiful thing. Here was this woman, this immoral woman, touching the holy feet of the Creator in human form sinful as she was dirty as she may have been jesus says what she has done has been a beautiful thing to me not even simon the pharisee could have received those words Are you with me at this morning? If asked of you, of the Father, by the Father, are you willing to give Jesus everything? All of you, all of you, a year's worth of your salary, much like the cost of these ointments, what if Jesus were to knock on your heart's door one day and say, You know that salary that you pay your bills with? I mean, think about this for a minute. Why don't you give that to me this year? Even though Jesus never asked anything of these women, they gave it freely, they gave it sacrificially, you see but what if I was asking myself these questions as I was writing the message? I believe the Holy Spirit was just speaking to my heart. If this message is not for you, well, praise the Lord. But I can tell you with assurance this morning, it is for me. It is for me. Hallelujah, thank you then, Brother Lewis. What about if you were to be asked to leave the comfort of your home, your family, your city, your state, your country, to serve him? Think about that. These women were willing to part with this precious and costly item because they knew Jesus was more than worth it. It didn't matter parting ways with it because Jesus meant more to them than this item that could waste away. Maybe after years and years and years of being closed in, maybe it could have stunk. Who knows? But there is a cost involved. Are you willing to give everything, give it all, for Jesus. You see, when you give everything you have to him, when you give him all of you, when you serve him in every capacity, when you give sacrificially, when you are all in, it is never a waste. Ever. Can I be transparent with you this morning? You all know that Pastor and I are coming back to Florida. Pastor and I decided to, as he mentioned uh, last month, I believe it was, we decided to pray and fast. We came to an agreement and we said, why don't you go, you pray? Let's fast during this time. I'll go, I'll pray and fast and see what the Lord tells us. Remember that when you're one in a marriage, right? The Lord, the Lord knows that you are one. So therefore, whatever he speaks to one, he's going to speak to the other. Amen. God is never going to cause division in a marriage. Amen. Or division in a church is never of God. You know that, right? Pastor and I went our our, to our respective areas of prayer, and we we prayed, we fasted <clears throat> for a while, and we prayed and we fasted and we prayed and we fasted. Can I be honest with you? Throughout that time, I knew what God was speaking to me, but I didn't want to admit it. I knew. Deep down, you see, because when you have a covenant relationship with the Father, He reveals things to us. And sometimes this gets involved, and sometimes you don't want to admit it, or you don't want to see it, or you don't want to even voice it. So I went through some time. of dealings with the Lord. Now, I remember one day, I was sitting outside in my backyard. Tish and Tyler have been there. Sitting back there in my backyard. And uh, it's just there. It's very peaceful back there. I was looking out. It was a beautiful day. We have uh, some beautiful... Uh, Leland trees that Pastor planted uh, some time ago. And then we on, on the side we have blackberry, a, black, a couple of blackberry trees, a blueberry plant, um, a, a raspberry one as well, a peach plant, you know, all that stuff. I'm just looking around. I'm looking at my backyard. It's a very peaceful area. I'm looking and I'm looking. And I began to be very emotional because, again, I knew what the Lord wanted us to do. And he said to me these words. He said, are you willing to let go of all of this? of everything you have, the comfort of where you are, your daughter and the kids and your son-in-law, everything you possess in this house, are you willing to give it up for me? Much like the Pharisee, I was schooled. And I wept, and I wept, and I wept, and I said, yes, (laughs) Lord. Please, it's not to the applause of me. I just know <laughs> that I know that Jesus is worth it.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Are you willing to give it all up?
1: Hallelujah. To
0: serve me? Oh, I can serve him over there, I can serve him in Alaska. I can serve him in Timbuktu. I can serve him anywhere. But I knew what he was saying. (laughs) Of course, Lord, I'll serve you, I'll serve you here. I'll serve you here, Lord, I'll serve you here. I knew. I don't pretend to compare myself to these women in any of these stories. But I can relate to the fact of being obedience. There comes a cost. But it far outweighs anything. Because you know what? Material things don't matter. Location really doesn't matter. Family is family. So wherever the family is, family is still family that I realize that following Jesus and being obedient to his will and to his call outweighs anything that I will ever have on this earth. Anything. Moving right along, the second common theme in these accounts. I hope that blessed somebody here today. Number two is there will be critics. Can you turn down the AC, someone, please, if you don't mind for me? Number two, there will be critics. (laughs) There will be critics. If it wasn't Judas or Simon the Pharisee, it was the disciples. At one point or another, somebody criticized these women's actions. Why is it that people are so quick to judge And a lot of times it's the religious folks. (laughs) It's the Pharisees. It's those that know Jesus. (laughs) It's nothing but the truth. Why, why are we so quick to fault others' actions or decisions? Why is that? You know, if you're not in that position, I would tell you, don't judge what that person is deciding or doing or whatever, because you're not in their shoes. It's easy and trust me, I know, cause I've been there and done that. How many times don't we do that? Well, you know, I don't think I would have done that. or Gee, I don't think I would have said this or, you know, you're not in their shoes. So don't judge, but there will always be critics. In the stories, the cost didn't matter. All these women wanted to do was show their love and appreciation and gratitude, some of which were also prophetic in nature, as you saw that they were anointing Jesus for burial. But why were others so quick to criticize the decision to anoint Jesus with the very best of what they had? Why? You see, when you decide to serve and follow Jesus, or perhaps you've been nudged maybe by the Holy Spirit to give a crazy amount to ministry or to a church, or you've made a decision, or you're about to make a decision that to others might seem ludicrous, hello, (laughs) But when you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you heard from the Lord, don't worry about the rest. Don't be concerned about the critics. Newsflash, there will always be critics. Newsflash again, everyone has an opinion. All we need to do is be concentrated, concerned, Focused on what Jesus thinks, and then lastly, point number three Jesus, look at this Jesus comes to our defense. Oh, did you catch that in these stories? Jesus comes to the defense of these women, he says, Leave her alone. Why do you trouble the woman? He says. He defended them, and he will defend you. He'll defend us. When you are sold out for Jesus, when you are all in, when you decide to follow him, when you've given him your yes, he's got your back no matter how many people criticize you. So listen, don't worry about the naysayers. Don't worry about the negative Nancy's. Hello, there are many out there. (laughs) Keep your focus on pleasing him because nothing else matters. Nothing else. In the end, we have to answer to God, not man. Like pastor said earlier, if Martha way back then, many years ago, would have given up on the mission of Heartbeat of Miami just because for six, seven, eight months, whatever it might have been that the employees were not getting paid, if she would have thrown in the towel, but she knew that she heard from God that this was a mission on a call and a call in her life. If she would have thrown in the call, the towel, can you imagine how many lives, how many lives, would have been lost. She didn't care what the naysayer said, because I am very certain that others were saying, you know, six months, you haven't paid your employees. This is going downhill real fast, Martha. What you thought you may have heard from God, maybe wasn't. Hello, anybody. In the Matthew and Mark account, Jesus defends the woman and adds an impactful comment. He says, and truly, (laughs) and truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Powerful. Your devotion to Christ will leave a lasting legacy. Most importantly, it's Jesus the one that takes notice. Our dedication and our devotion, our faithfulness in serving God is never, listen to me, never, ever a waste when you give your very best. Will you stand with me this morning? When we fully submit and surrender, When we go that extra mile, when we give of the most valuable things we have to Jesus, it is never a waste. Our series has been entitled, All In. Are you all in in this walk with the Savior? Are you, I mean really, all in? All in. Remember the Jeopardy? I don't know if some of you are Jeopardy fans. Uh, em- em- Emodio, was that him? The one that would just like, thank you. He would say, All in. He would bet it all. All in. I'll post some questions just to help you with your answer this morning. Are you giving him everything or just the leftovers? Are you giving him crumbs? Or are you giving him everything? In every aspect of your life? Are you fully serving him in the capacity that he's called you to serve? Are you willing to risk losing everything this world has to offer for the sake of following Christ? If asked of you... The thing, the one thing that you most treasure. Think about it for a moment. The one thing you most treasure. Would you be willing to give it to him? Again, I say if this message wasn't for anyone out here, the Lord spoke to me. And I thank him for that. But even if this message wasn't for you today, I can guarantee you that at some point in your life you'll find yourself at a crossroad, and you're going to need to make a decision: Yes or no. The choice is yours. Will it be yes? Or will it be no? But when you choose to say yes and give everything to him, one thing is a guarantee, it'll never be a waste. Can we pray this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you. You are bigger and better than anything else, than any possessions we have than anything that we can get our hands on, you are so much bigger and you are so much better. I pray, Lord, as this word has been delivered the way that you wanted me to deliver it for your people, oh God, I pray that it has convicted all our hearts. And if there is any area in our lives that needs adjusting, I pray we are quick to make the correction Thank you for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for showing us your love, your faithfulness. We honor you, oh God. I'm going to ask if there is anyone that is listening online for just a moment before we take of communion, if there is anyone that doesn't know Jesus, has not fully submitted your life to Jesus, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do so with just a simple prayer. And if you're out there hearing this prayer, would you just say, Jesus, I need you. I am a sinner and I need salvation. Come into my life, come into my heart, and I wanna serve you from now on, from this day forward. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you said that simple prayer, much like this woman who didn't even pray, yet she found salvation, it is only through Jesus. So we praise God that you've made that decision. And we would love to hear from you. You could reach us at our website. Amen.
1: Hallelujah. I don't want you to go anywhere. Just stay up here while we do communion. I want to pray for the people afterwards. I want, uh, I want the ushers to come up as we uh, start passing out the uh, communion. And um, I'm going to ask everybody just to come up to the altar uh, this morning. Hallelujah. And we're going to have communion up here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ushers, if you would start passing out the communion to everyone that's up here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for that word that I have. I have. Thank you, Lord, for that word that you uh, gave to uh, Pastor Yvette, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the blessing of that word, Father. Thank you, Father, because I know that it has touched each and every one of us that are here. Right now, Lord, and those that are watching online as well. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Does everybody have their communion already? Uh, People in the back already have it. Glory to God. When we're when we're talking about in the Word of God about all in, and when we're talking about our series and uh, what we're gonna do right now, we're gonna do it because God gave His very best. He 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 didn't give His leftover; He gave His very best, His only begotten Son, to die in that cross for you and I. For every single person, for every single sinner, for every single person that has breath in their life, you know what? He gave the very best. He didn't give the leftovers. He didn't give whatever was, you know, at the last moment, yeah, yeah, bring Jesus. No, 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 no. It was all in his perfect plan to give us the very best. And a lot of times, like Pastor was saying, you know, we, we, we forget and, 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 and we just give whatever we have to the king that has given everything. I pray that as we partake of this communion this morning that we would ask God to forgive us for that. That, that we would ask God to forgive us, Lord, for, for putting you in the middle at times, sometimes even at the very end, Sometimes not even in the picture at all. Because we're so focused and concentrated on what we need to do and what I want. What I want. Not what God wants, but what I want. What I feel. What I sense. We need to be reminded over and over again that our relationship with the Lord is not about what we sense. I don't know about you, but many times I have cried out to the Lord, and I have prayed to the Lord, and I don't feel anything. I don't sense anything. It doesn't mean that he's not there. It doesn't mean that he is not operating behind the scenes and, and, and moving things and orchestrating things for the best of his child. Why do we give him the leftovers? Listen to what it says on Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, as they were eating Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said to the disciples, take and eat, this is my body. Take and eat, you're going to do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat, for this is my body. Not your body, not, not, not the body of, no, 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 my body, this is my body. Take and eat. As we take the bread this morning, let's, Let's think about that sacrifice on the cross. Let's think about everything that Jesus went through on that week, on the preparation, on the Via Dolorosa, that walk. Let's think about those things. Can we agree that Jesus was all in? Can we agree that that? He knew that there was a price that needed to be paid for you and I. And still he went through it because of love. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. And because of that sacrifice, we are here today knowing that we as believers have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for that price. Thank you that you gave your very best, Father. That you never give us what's left over. But you give us the best. I pray you bless this bread as we partake of it together. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He took the cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood that establishes the covenant. It is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. It is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. It is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the blood that was shed from your son on that cross. We thank you, Lord, that if it would have been just for one person, you would have still sent your son Jesus to die on the cross. Thank you that he has made a way for us, Lord. Thank you that he has made a way for us, Lord. Thank you that he has gone and and prepared a place for us, Lord Jesus. That the day that you call us home, we will be there with you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the promises that we see in your word. Thank you, Lord, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that you're always there, Lord, even when we are going through struggles, even when we find ourselves in valleys, Lord, you are still there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that the blood of your son, Jesus, covers a multitude of sins. And thank you that they're all forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that through the precious blood of your son, Jesus, we are healed right now. Not that we will be, but that we are already, Lord. May we just believe it and trust those words and, and walk in that healing that you have provided for us. Let's partake of the cup together. Thank you, Abba. Lift up your hands right there and just say, Thank you, Thank, you, Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Thank you for that sacrifice. Thank you for touching us, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us. That you never abandon us. That you just leave us out there in the open for us to struggle and to fail. You never do that, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your precious love. I want to take this opportunity right now for Pastor and I to pray for you. If there's someone that needs healing today, if there's somebody that that needs a touch from the Lord this morning, we want to be able to pray for you this morning and declare healing upon your body. Maybe there's a decision that you need to make. Maybe you've been crying out to the Lord, you've been praying, you've been seeking something, and, and you need an answer from God. Can we come in agreement together with you? If that's you, would you just step forward this morning as we pray for you? Hallelujah. As we pray for you,